don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. This is Social Minds, the UK's first dedicated social media marketing podcast brought to you by Social Chain. I'm Theo. And I'm Eve. And each week we'll be joined by a host of progressive minds to learn the unique and innovative ways that social media is being used around the world. On this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest developments across social and what they mean for us all. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to get new episodes every week. This week on Social Minds, the interesting thing that came out of that, out of the F8 talks, was this product catalogue. Yeah. Which is coming to WhatsApp for I'm business. Excited about this that. is massive. Yeah. Theo and I sat down for another special episode of Breaking Social, only this time we didn't focus on the biggest stories to come out of April. We focused on Facebook's annual F8 conference, which is where the company announces all the major updates coming to its family of apps. Yeah, completely right. It couldn't have been a better time to put out this episode. I mean, there's been so much happening. It really was the full gamut this year. Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, WhatsApp all had really exciting groundbreaking updates. Facebook with a new redesign and a fresh new logo and Instagram with a focus on creator and influencer commerce. For WhatsApp and Messenger as well, there's been a massive focus on one-to-one messaging. WhatsApp's getting new business features like product catalogues and payments. And for Messenger, we're seeing the beginning of end-to-end encryption as the three apps look to merge in early 2020. Yeah, make no bones about it. This really is a new phase of Facebook that's putting privacy first with loads of interesting features. So plenty to listen to in this episode. Like I said, new era of Facebook where they're finally listening to what users want and I really hope it goes well for them. Exactly. All this and more coming up. Eve, we are back again. Can you believe it? Yes, I can I can believe it. There's loads that's been happening and we've had this booked in for a while, but something quite extraordinary happened this week. Mm. F eight. Yeah. Which is which our listeners will know is Facebook's annual developer conference. Mm. Um which doesn't give it as much justice as it should do because I mean this is a massive event it took place in California it happened earlier this week uh, from the time of recording and I mean coming into it we expected Facebook to address some of the privacy concerns maybe talk about Facecoin and I think you know your tech yeah. crunches and everybody else sort of did the same instead they blew audiences away with like a massive rundown of updates, features, everything, which we're going to be discussing today. Yeah, yeah. So, You're right about Facecoin. Everyone was waiting for that to drop, weren't they? And it never happened. Completely. I thought, right, this is going to be it. Crypto, big announcement, never came. But, I mean, well, plenty to get excited about. So we'll start with Facebook, because we'll do a mm. platform-by-platform rundown. And, you know, this is something we've been aware of for a while. Facebook has basically said that the future is privacy. Mm. And Mark Zuckerberg has been saying a while that he wants to make Facebook not the digital town square that it is at the moment, where it's everything and everything, but the living room. So more intimate, of course. Yeah. Um, and he actually said a private platform can start to be more central to how you interact with friends. Mm. Now, that encompasses everything, yeah. I suppose, doesn't it? Um, yeah, the start is the redesign. Yeah, yeah. So obviously the main thing is the fact that it's centred around groups now. And we've been saying for ages that groups is going to take a much more prominent role um, in how people are interacting because people, obviously the feed has become saturated with uh, loads of content from publishers and brands and whatnot, and it's become less of a place for friends and family interaction, um, which Facebook really wants to get back to. So it's no big surprise that they're putting such a focus on groups. Uh, but now we're actually seeing new features uh, tailored towards groups. Um, there's going to be recommended groups, um, jobs groups where uh, 
uh, people can uh, list vacancies and uh, groups where people can actually buy and sell things as well. So there is literally going to be a group for everything. And there's medical groups as well. I saw yeah. that you, you, you and Earth, where you know you can in in private sort of like speak to a doctor and give you symptoms and whatnot. Yeah, it's anonymously like- as well, which I thought was really interesting. They re- they are really playing with how much they can get out of it. Because I think people just think of, you know, when, when you think of groups, people think, oh, yeah, I'll join the uh, long site dog walking group, for instance, yeah. you know what I mean, and, and meet up with uh, dog enthusiasts and all the, and all yeah. the rest of it. Um, but really, this is groups encompassing absolutely everything. So they've set a focus on localised groups. Mm. But like you say, you know, job job searching groups, uh, you know, there's all sorts of social media groups as yeah. well. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, it's 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 really, and this is uh, something that our paid social director, Rox, Roxanne Parker, said it, it's just another way to keep people on the platform for longer. Yeah. And I mean, I wasn't expecting this, uh, this redesign, you know, when because when, when these days, when you think about redesign, you know what I mean? You think, oh, mm-hmm. everyone's going to hate it and whatnot. But it got big praise, big cheer. They also yeah. talked about redesigning their logo, but... For the first time in a while, you know, admittedly, I have to say, quite excited by this new sort of phase of Facebook, yeah. which seems ironically very much like the early days of Facebook, which yeah. is kind of what everybody wants. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm actually really happy for them in that retrospect, because you're right, a redesign um, can go one of two ways. And a, a company or a platform decides to do a redesign this big, a, a make or break moment for mm. them. when mm. and, and we've seen that with Facebook. Like They had to make a big change. They had to do something big. Um, to to convince people that they were making uh, changes in the right retrospect, um, and yeah, people are responding really, really well to it. I I really like it as well. I think their um, interface is lovely, as I said earlier. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think I honestly think it's really slick, and I I, uh, I think they they've been very smart by by doing that. And I think it's come at the right time as well. The, for people listening as well, by the time this goes out, I mean you'll be able to see what it looks like. There's pictures flying around on the web as well. Yeah, and if the, anybody uses their mobile app is, is already rolled out, isn't it? It's the desktop app. That's the, it. The mobile app's ready. coming first. Dex, 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 desktop, sorry, took me a few there, is coming is coming in uh, a few months, I believe, as yeah. well. And they're calling it uh, FP, FP5, mm. they'll be calling it. Yeah. Was it FP5? It's five, yeah. FP5, It'll be like yep. the fifth major redesign that they've done since Facebook started. So it shows that they're sort of, this is their way of saying we are entering a new era and we're trying to put our money where our mouth is and it's going to be a change how like for how they're running the company internally. Um, and this is a way of showing that um, like to its users as well, mm. externally, give mm. them something tangible. And be like, yeah, we are starting a new era of Facebook now. Talking of new eras, I want to come into a new, another update that Facebook announced, which was quite like, you know, all you sort of hopeless roman- romantics will <laughs> be uh, interested in this, but Facebook dating. Yeah. So that's been on our radar for a while. Yeah. So I think it was initially launched in Colombia. It was like a test. Yeah. And then it's gone out to more countries. And uh, basically, the, the the big news was, as, as we say, that Facebook dating is rolling out to more and more countries. Um, and later this year, they believe the US as well. And, uh, you know, a bit of context to this. It's, it's uh, I think, Tinder, but for Facebook. But they've also launched this uh, this update within that called uh, Secret Crush. Yeah. Where, essentially, you can look for your friends list and somebody you've always fancied. You can sort of say that you've had a crush on them. You know, it's all done anonymously. And... If they do the same to you and you match, then, well, it could be the start of a beautiful relationship, yeah, as I they say. Yeah, I think that's so funny, though. Imagine using that and you've, you've, you put your list down and then you get a match and then and then, and then then what? <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. Where do you go from there? I mean, one of the points I made earlier this week is, you know, with groups and, uh, 
um, events becoming such a sort of, you know, major thing within Facebook, does it then, you know, suggest, like they would groups, do you then suggest uh, events for date suggestions or yeah. places to go or yeah. singles groups? They or are, they are uh, just completely taking the whole meaningful interaction thing mm. super literally like what's more meaningful than creating an actual real life relationship and they've got um they've got another feature as well uh which is the meet new friends which i think ties into the localized groups element mm. where they're trying mm. to uh align you with people who are like uh, from your school or from your city or uh, from your office that you might not know mm, and um, mm. push those like local recommendations for making new friends as well as finding new groups in your area. Um, so they are really like putting loads of energy into creating those meaningful interactions on a really personal level. The The dating stuff, I'm not, I don't think I'm as convinced by it. I just think they're taking on so much and like you're focusing on private sharing. Mm, they're focusing mm. on uh, groups and now they they want to take on Tinder as well. It's 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 a lot for them. It's an interesting one. Yeah, it's 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 again. It strikes me as a sort of you know you've got all your contacts in one place. It's another reason for people to go to the platform. It's it's obviously going to be free. I mean, I know Tinder yeah. is free, but parts of it are, yeah. are not. I suppose one of the things that I uh, sort of came across with this is for me, it's a more it's a way perhaps of mining their most intimate sort of data yet. Yeah. You know, what could be more intimate yeah. than your sort of preferences for, uh, you know, relationships yeah. or, or love interests and, and, yeah. and whatnot. And uh, and I, I mean, we mentioned emotion as well. That is such a powerful emotion, love, you know, and we've seen with like brand partnerships with Tinder and all sorts that, yeah. you know, they when, when it works well, it can be quite yeah. an interesting yeah. thing. It's, it is actually really clever in that retrospect. To, like when I say I doubt it, I doubt that... Um, I, I have doubts about how users will feel about it um, because they're not used to using Facebook for that purpose. Mm, but if they mm. can get users on board, the potential for them, yeah, on the data side of things, and the potential for brands is so big because if you look at how brands use Tinder, um, they should be doing it more often, first yep. of all. But it's like one of the only platforms where you know what the context of that conversation is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no guesswork. Yeah. You know exactly why people are there, so you know exactly what kind of messaging to put into that environment. Yeah. And if they can do the same thing with Facebook dating, I think it's a really clever um, space for them to to offer. I completely agree. Let's 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 talk about the uh, implications of this for brands because this is not something that really came up at FA, and that was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we had all these great product launches, but you know, many brands and marketers in the room were being like, "Well, what what does this mean to me?" So yeah. I caught up with uh, Roxanne Parker again, our, our paid social director, earlier in the week, and. The, the vibe that we were both uh, getting at is that it's going to be a lot more expensive for brands on Facebook. I mean, organic, with this focus on one-to-one -one and friends more than ever, mm. organic is surely sort of, you know, on its way to getting crushed. And this sort of, you know, likens into conversations we've had about, you know, BAU posting, your everyday posts yeah. that just go up and up and up for the sake of it yeah. and, and moving towards, you know, optimised paid campaigns more often. Yet, I, I put a, the question to her that will, uh, you know, will, will brands follow suit? And the truth is they will because Facebook, you know, we've got it here on paper that their, well, their cost per click increased in two, by 278% thereabouts. Uh, the cost per mile, um, cost per mile was 191% increase. So in a nutshell, Facebook is getting more expensive, but it's still showing ROI, still showing value. And that's why brands ultimately, you know, 
still use it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think the whole organic um, reach or like organic posting getting uh, like less important is an interesting one because brands and, and publishers as well were moving towards groups as a as an escape from the newsfeed originally mm, mm. because that's where they had to spend more money. Um, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they bring in more advertising within groups mm, uh, mm. after they finish migrating everyone over. And then it, it begs the question, you know, what what happens to the newsfeed when that's all said and done? Yeah, you know, because that at the moment is how their advertising model survives. But if they're pushing people into stories, into groups, and into messaging, we have to expect that sooner or later that is where we'll start to see advertisements. Yeah, and then yeah. the feed kind of loses its its point like it, it loses its purpose then um i 100% agree about the whole bau thing um there, there will be no need for that mindless everyday posting mm, mm. um because there'll be no feed to fill it with no uh things like groups you know it's not gonna everyone is part of a group where they're it's not being used properly and you don't pay attention to the ones where people are just spamming it no. with like article link after article link and you know th there's no value in that kind of content um but hopefully it will start to encourage the kind of content people put a bit more thought into, like things that are really tailored yeah. uh, to a specific subject. Um, and yeah, I think that that's a good thing. Uh, it'll encourage brands and publishers to spend more time on creating content that actually has value rather than just trying to post five times a day for the sake of hitting mm. like output targets. And and another point on that is that you don't need to be, you know, at the top of your game to understand the, inf the, the, the role that influencer marketing is going to play in this one-to-one -one communication across all apps. Mm. And that includes Instagram, which we should yeah. come on to now because uh, the, the way F8 worked was it was sort of every platform was given their stage. You know, Mark Zuckerberg did his big keynote and then every platform was given a, a, a stage to, to, to talk about their findings mm. and updates. So Instagram was a major one. So the biggest story to come out of Instagram was that they, you know, just move away from vanity metrics, which we've been talking about for a long, long time. Yeah. And Instagram have actually now officially within Canada have started hiding likes on posts. Yeah. So, you know, like button, uh, 308 people like this, uh, including so-and-so uh, friends, that's going to be taken away. Yeah. What What is really interesting about that to me is the fact that they're positioning this as um, a way for people to stop focusing on how many likes a post is mm, getting mm. and stop posting for the sake of getting more likes. So it comes back to this mental health debate mm. and their PR message that we want people to stop focusing on metrics that don't matter and place more emphasis on the content they're creating um, and you know the, the more positive side of that. But these private like lists... They, they hide the like count from the public view, but they don't hide it from the user who posted it. Mm. So if I make an Instagram post, put it out, my, like you follow me, you'll be able to see um, that say, Ollie Thompson and others like it. Mm. You won't be able to see how many total likes it has. I can still see how many total likes it has. So I'll still be affected by how little or how many likes I'm getting. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to change my posting habits that much. It defeats the object yeah. ever so slightly, doesn't it? So I, I think Facebook's team will be looking very closely at how this affects people's dwell time and how it affects people's posting habits. And if it doesn't have too much of a negative effect on that, then they'll roll out because the message is a friendly mm, one. Mm. Um, if it does have a negative impact on how people are posting, I don't think it'll get rolled out. Well, there's an interesting point with this as well, because uh, part of the logic behind it is, uh, you know, you know, as well as what we talk about, mental health and vanity metrics, but 
There is a sort of uh, caveat to all of this in that likes will still count algorithmically. Mm. So, you know, we know that likes play a part in 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 rank in ranking within the algorithm because, you know, if 300 people tell you they like something and 30 people tell you they like something, who, you know, which, which content's going to be seen more yeah, often. Um, I think one of the interesting things as well to bring into this is the, the sort of subtext with all of this. So uh, a few weeks before uh, F8, the UK government, uh, it was the... Uh, were putting quite a lot of pressure on Instagram as they have been um, and basically came up with a code of, it was the Digital Culture and Sport Committee came up with a code that would say uh, we want likes banned for under 18s yeah. and I think everybody's initial reaction was well how can you do that you know do you have age gated profiles yeah. and not feathers so they've obviously come at this from a point of you know rolling it out to everybody potentially yeah. But again, it's still, you know, we often talk about Instagram wearing two hats at the same time. There's yeah. the regulation hat, there's the user hat, and there's yeah. also the brand hat, it's obviously. So, it's so hard for them to please both. Like the like button is one of the main psychological drivers of the platform. Mm. That's what causes the addictive behavior behind posting. Like that's what gives us the dopamine hit mm. that causes us to post more. And they know that. And that is how it was designed. And while it has been quite harmful, it's also really lucrative for them. That's it's kind of the whole point. So yeah. that's yeah. why I'm a little bit cynical about how how much um, they'll actually change yeah. this feature or if they're just changing it a little bit so it looks good to press and PR or if they're actually going to do something positive. One thing I'm sure you will be excited about is the uh, news of what I'm dubbing, I mean, I'm sure loads of other people have dubbed it this already, Creator Commerce. Yeah. And this is an announcement that Adam Mazzori and Mark Zuckerberg made, basically said uh, you will in you know, coming months, be able to buy directly from influencers and creators, yeah. which is a massive, massive update, yeah. you know, so no more link in bio, uh, you know, to buy this product. Yeah. It is a sort of, it's in line with their social commerce plans. But I mean, say you're an influencer, Eve, and you're, uh, you know, selling uh, some jewellery, I could potentially buy direct from you. Yeah, yeah. Or, or the 100%. brand you're affiliated with. 100%. Yeah, what's interesting to me is like, obviously for brand partnerships, it's kind of a no-brainer. Like you can skip out that middle step of mm. taking an affiliate link or a discount code and they can just buy directly from the influencer post they see they're not getting devoted to um, the brand. Um, but yeah, like you said, buying something directly from an influencer like think about sites like Depop mm, when mm. Uh, influencers frequently sell their own old clothes. Yeah. They could actually sidestep the brand altogether, theoretically, and yeah. just and just sell things to their followers and create their own brand. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, I think it'll increase the cost of working with influencers. And um, it's not clear at the moment. I don't know if you know how many followers an influencer will have to have to get this feature because things like paid partnerships and um, swipe up are still only available to influencers with 10,000 or above mm, followers. Mm. So this might actually make it a lot harder for smaller influencers mm. and for newcomers coming in if the larger influencers are sort of being graced with these really um, like exciting new features that brands will want to get involved mm, in. Mm. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that has uh, a bad effect on smaller influencers as well. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm. This is a change that I am really excited by because you know, even uh, we, we, we have these episodes, and I begin to take an analytical sort of uh, look at my own sort of social media usage before we do it, and mm. especially with Instagram. I've, I, you know, I'm getting served with so many sort of shop now ads from you know independent brands and mm. independent clothing stores, and this was something that Adam yeah. Missouri said before. He said, uh, you know, Instagram in terms of commerce, it's the place where you go 
to discover things you never knew existed, yeah. you know, in terms of brands, in terms of clothing. And yeah. I think influencers is such a, you know, plays such a role within that as well. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's that interesting. I mean, you only need to look at the Zoellas, uh, Zoellas who have basically got their own, um, you know, calendars and yeah. whatnot to be able to, yeah, definitely. to see the power of creator-led commerce. I think there's, there's a few things here. So, yeah, the... Um uh, so first of all, if we're talking about influencer marketing, one thing I want to say about the lack of like counts, mm. um, I really will be interested to see how this affects uh, influencer fraud and how uh, influencers have been buying engagement. Um, so I was reading an interesting article earlier that said, it sort of weighed up the argument between influencers will either stop buying likes altogether, so it'll be really positive for influencer fraud because what's the point if people can't see it? Mm. Um, and then another school of thought, which was maybe they'll just go back to buying followers instead. Um, but will brands now have to think a little bit um, smarter about the influencers they choose because they won't be able to base it on just the engagement figures they're getting. They might actually have to look at the kind of content they're creating and the kind of, um, you know, the kind of relationship they have with their followers. Yeah. So that might actually be a really positive thing. But yeah, if it goes back to just counting follower numbers again, um, that that couldn't, that, that won't be good. Um, but yeah, as for buying something directly from an influencer, like you said, we see a lot of independent brands and smaller brands using features like Shop Now. Mm, um, yeah. And it partly, I think, is because your big brands have such a huge e-commerce presence. Um, you know, they'll get most of their sales through their website. Um, smaller brands maybe aren't as sophisticated in that mm, area. They have mm. less resource. So using these features is, um, you know, a cheaper way of doing that for them. And Zuckerberg himself, actually, an interesting point for that, he sort of hinted at this new wave of WhatsApp first businesses, you know, that have yes. just, that have come up in the yeah. social media era yeah. and have found, okay, maybe we don't need a Shopify, maybe we don't need this platform, yeah, exactly. you know, we will go direct Seeing through really that. Seeing really similar lines here between exactly. this Instagram and then what's happening with WhatsApp. 100%, 100%. And uh, and also some, some you know, further field in Instagram, we've also seen another few updates, which is one I want to touch on, which is, uh, you know, really, really positive um, is Adam, Adam Missouri is basically laid out this roadmap and he said he you know made no bones about it. it's going to take years to do but to really sort of up the fight against global bullying and mm. Instagram have been under a lot of pressure lately uh, you know following various tragic stories that have come out about you know mental health and the, and the pressures that surround Instagram so they've put out this roadmap to really sort of uh, you know they, they, I think they went as far as saying you know nudges for if you you know post something that might be hurtful or an attacking comment you know just asking you to rethink so you know we often criticize and sort of uh but, but i think some of this is being done for good yeah. and i mean they're making it a safer place for young people and there yes there is a business interest attached to that do you actually believe that um they're doing it for the, the right reasons i i think any any sort of you know, regulation or any any sort of uh, gesture like that is only is only good. Even if somebody's sort of benefiting from it, it's, it's only a good thing yeah. for, for the for the mass users, is what I'd say. Yeah. For that, um, another thing that we haven't touched on is a group chat sticker. So this was something that was spotted uh, in the past few days, um, and this is coming to stories. So mm. we've just had quiz stickers that have come out, uh, well, like an updated version of quiz stickers, yeah. uh, which we've we, which we've been experimented with, and now we've got this group chat sticker, yeah. which is basically uh, anybody watches your story, they can request to be in a sort of group chat with 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 you or with said brand. Or mm. what's your initial reaction to that? 
I um I think it's a really good idea to be honest. It just shows like how much of a focus they're placing on this one-to-one use of social. Mm. So it's mm. it's becoming a lot more intimate. And um, for a feature like that to come to stories uh, makes a lot of sense for me because so you can put out um, a story based around a particular topic and create like sub niche. Uh, sections mm. from your followers. So mm. they're pushing Instagram direct a lot. And I think we're seeing a lot of um, investment in the three messaging platforms, so Instagram direct, WhatsApp, and Facebook Messenger, because there is still this big merger that's coming early 2020. So at the minute, we're seeing them sort of drip feed us features um, that you might see in WhatsApp, yeah. seeing them come to Messenger and uh, and vice versa. So this is just another element of that. They're starting to get people more used to using messaging uh, features within Instagram. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a really nifty idea. And I think there's a lot of scope for creativity in that as well. And what I liked about this sticker as well is, is it's sort of a telling thing that the the colours they used uh, and the sort of tone, it was almost... Uh, it's identical to Messenger, really, which is a complete sort of cue. It's that kind of light blue duotony yeah. sort of colour, so yeah. which we'll come on to as well. Because I mean, within uh, Mark Zuckerberg's call for privacy, was this big, big focus on private messaging apps, and it's what we've started calling a sort of private messaging first uh, Facebook and private messaging first um, app. So, yeah. Messenger was a massive one that they talk about, and. One of the things that came out of that is, again, a sort of redesign, which mm. would have a second tab, which would put your, it would just be for your close friends, close friends and family, and they're putting much more focus on statuses. So this second tab that comes along is going to be a space for uh, friends, family, statuses, photos, videos, just to share within that. It's like an algorithmic feed of, you know, the that you can see what all your friends do. Yeah, basically. I was going to say it's like it's like a feed away from the main app, isn't it? Almost yes. like they're giving it its own because, like, for ages, Messenger was kind of like a, a side product of Facebook itself. Like yeah. it was just their messaging service that they gave their own space to. Um, and there are a lot of people that use Messenger and don't use Facebook itself. So it makes sense that they would want to bring some of that experience and get more out of the people who are just using Messenger. Um, what interested me was the end-to-end -end encryption that they're putting in Messenger. Yes, um, yes. But at the same time, so they've they've confirmed that they are testing um, like ways of communication between Messenger, WhatsApp, and Instagram Direct. And WhatsApp's already encrypted. Mm -hmm, Messenger's mm -hmm. getting end-to-end -end encryption. Instagram doesn't have it's that. It's not yet, is it? No, yeah, not yet Yeah, that's something encrypted. that I, I was hoping that they were going to explain, mm. um, which they didn't, because I still don't understand how two of the three can be encrypted, one of them isn't, the and yet those lines of communication are still open. They're essentially, it, it seems to me that they're essentially, with these free messaging apps, they're making them as similar as possible, mm. and this was something, again, that me and Rock spoke about, they're making them as similar as possible, so the change doesn't feel as, you know, sudden, yeah. almost. So if, yeah. if you... You know, if you can, I, I think it would get to a future where if you can use WhatsApp, then clearly you can use Messenger. If you can use Messenger, you, clearly you can use Direct yeah. and, it, and it, so, on, so on and so forth. Because uh, we've spoken to people about this and it's interesting to hear from people, especially in the US, who say, you know, WhatsApp isn't as popular mm. over here. It, no, yeah. You know, we're on Messenger, whereas India... It's like, you know, it's like what MSN was to us, you know, yeah. way back when, isn't it? So A lot of people have been uh, moaning about it as well, like saying, that, oh, oh, I don't like that. I don't like the idea of that happening because everyone's got their one messaging app that they're yes. loyal to. People are quite tribal about yeah, it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. of course. Of course, you, you can't be a messenger user and a WhatsApp user. You're one or the other. Um, but... I will say everyone's got those chats, right? Where, where or those friends, where someone will message you on Messenger, mm, uh, mm. and someone else you'll have your 
other people that you talk to on WhatsApp alone. And it is annoying having to flip between the two. Yeah. So I can see yeah. the benefit of just having all of your friends in one place. Um, I think it'll make things a lot easier in that retrospect. I think once the change comes, people won't be as bothered as they think they'll be right now. 100%, I agree. And I think uh, one one thing to focus on with Messenger as well is that when you think about brands and businesses, I mean, obviously there's that chatbot functionality there as well, but there's also yeah. the mobile games they're bringing in, the ad, the adverts that will, you know, the ad placements that may come in with that and with other places of Messenger. And this will really in my opinion, be a place for brands to really get to grips with communicating with their audiences beyond customer service. Yeah. Because millennials, Gen Z, whoever have said, I just want to be able to message, uh, you know, a brand directly on Messenger. Yeah. Because that's where everything is, isn't it? I mean, yeah, how many 100%. of us are calling people nowadays for things that you can't do on social media? So yeah. it's interesting. It's the, the so much focus being put into Messenger at the moment and the future of that. that yeah. it, it can become its own sort of platform in, yeah, it, in, it, in itself, can't it? There's and also so. a, really, um, a really good opportunity uh, in terms of brands getting involved, uh, talking to their customers via these platforms, obviously the fact that you get a push notification, mm, I was saying this earlier, mm. um, it, it's like the only platforms that give you a notification on the lock screen of your device. Mm. So if someone, a brand posts on Twitter or Facebook, I'm not getting notified, I have to find it or I have to scroll and, uh, and have it served to me. If someone, uh, if a brand sends a message via WhatsApp or Messenger, it's, it's going to come up and I'm going to be aware of it, whether I click on it or not. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. always going to see it. Which it may be like I can see that getting old quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> however, if you know for first movers, that that will be really valuable. The other interesting thing with with this as well is that we've not covered yet because it happened a few weeks ago. Was that they've taken payments, peer to peer payments, yeah. out of Messenger, which on the face of things seemed like a bit of a backwards move because it's still sent in the US, but it's gone yeah. from the UK and France and places in Europe, yeah. I believe. Uh, but this strikes me as a sort of step that's a necessary step in the future to bring Facecoin, as you know, which it may eventually be called, yeah. uh, which came out today in an article by the Wall Street Journal um, that they have been in touch with Visa and MasterCard and a few other financial advisors. So expect that soon. Mm, it's definitely in the works. Uh, I am disappointed that we didn't get more of an update on that. But it's interesting that you say that payments have been pulled out of Messenger in everywhere except America. But they're doubling down on it in WhatsApp. Mm, mm, and now this this is an interesting one. This is the uh, this is when when we think. I mean, especially in this country, it'd be interesting to hear what other people think about this. But you know, we think of uh, WhatsApp is the most closely aligned messenger service, uh, private messaging service to businesses, in mm, my yeah. opinion. What with the WhatsApp API mm. and the WhatsApp app for business, which people will know are two different things. So you've got your big brands on the WhatsApp API. And your sort of smaller localized brands yeah. and companies and local businesses with the uh, WhatsApp for for business app. Yeah. So, um, on the subject of WhatsApp, actually, interesting thing that came out of that out of the F eight talks was this product catalog, yeah, which is coming to WhatsApp for I'm business. Excited about this that. is massive. Yeah. So let's sort of uh, you know uh, for the for the for the sake of this uh, conversation, you've you've got a uh, local cake shop. And, uh, you know, they're on WhatsApp for business and you contact them and you say, I want a wedding cake made. Oh, have a look at this product catalogue, new feature from WhatsApp. And you can see some of the ranges that we do. Mm. So at the moment, it's sort of just like messaging, you know, back and forth, a bit of customer service, a yeah. bit of, uh, you, you know, we, we obviously send newsletters to our, mm. to our audiences, but... A product catalogue yeah, that, that's for the it WhatsApp as well. first businesses that Mark Zuckerberg yeah. was talking about. It's all, it's all built in and it is very much um, 
geared towards smaller businesses that don't have a website mm, um, and mm. don't have a big web, web presence. So coming back to that point about the big brands who have these huge e-commerce uh, capabilities, uh, mm. this isn't for them. But I think it's really, really clever for them to target these small businesses um, because, say, if they can um, track people's buying behavior and people's um, their, their customers' data mm, mm. Uh, from, the, from the ground up, they're going to be a massive part of that brand's development. Yes. And they're going to have access to how that user behavior changes and grows as the business grows, all in that platform. And yeah, like you said, you're going to have your products um, and your customer service all built in. And we've been seeing a trend of people or more businesses of all kinds building chatbots into their websites. Yeah. So it's almost like they're taking that logic and just like flipping it. I mean, like, instead of bringing the chat element to the website where the products live, we're bringing the products to where the chat lives. Yes, yes. Um, and just flipping that on its head. So yeah, very excited about that one. And I'd, I would love to, you know, I'd love to hear from small businesses on this one because the website debate is one that, uh, comes up in, you know, commerce conversations. And, uh, you know, right now, a WhatsApp first business, it just sounds like a completely distant radical idea. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking in my head, you know, if you've got like a local store, a local business, for instance, I've, uh, I've got a, a barber back home. Um, if you've seen the videos lately, you'll see that I've not been to the barber in a year, but this barber <laughs> back home who uses WhatsApp and WhatsApp status is like a booking system. And, and I know a lot of hairdressers do. Yeah. I mean, let's let's not be around the bush. Websites, you know, they they are expensive and you've got these Squarespace and, and you know, and, web, and website hosting. But, you know, as a business, there's you, you don't have to think about SEO with WhatsApp. Yeah. You don't have to think about all these other steps. You know, if you've got presence and people know about you, yeah. then WhatsApp is surely the, the lifeline people have been sort of calling for, really. Yeah, definitely. And you're right, like smaller businesses, independent business owners have been using that as like a hack yeah. anyway. Yeah. So they don't have to bother building a massive website. And like I have some doubts about where the website will be in like five years time, but it's not about massive companies, as no. I say, or not, not about like B2B uh, businesses maybe it is for these small startups independent labels yeah. and things like that that can get so much more value for a lot less money from just using the platform directly 100 100 i'd liken it to the same way as there are brands who can afford to still shell out on really expensive tv adverts yeah. and there are brands who can be successful with a social strategy yeah definitely you know, sometimes you don't need both um one of the interesting things that came out from this in the whatsapp talk is uh india we we, we we'd never talk about india but they are using india <laughs> As a taste, as a as a test bed, yeah. Because WhatsApp, WhatsApp is, is huge there. there. WhatsApp is they to India what WeChat is to China. It's, mm. it's incredible growth there. It's so. Popular. I think it's their biggest market, isn't it? And it is, yeah. it's their only other regional office outside North America. It is for them. It's like be, a gold uh, mine of feedback. Yeah, absolutely gold mine. Which is no uh, no surprise that that's where they test all their uh, big updates. And the thing that they said here was they're going to be using India more and more as a test bed. Yeah for uh, WhatsApp globally. So, you know, they, they've, they've, I read an article a while, about, a while ago and it was actually saying uh, they, the people will get mobile phones with WhatsApp enabled and they've obviously got these light versions and they call them WhatsApp phones. Really? They, they, yeah, they call the mobile phones WhatsApp phones. So it's uh, yeah, so it's it's, it's definitely so like... a bellwether for what's what's going to happen on uh, the rest of the world. I've just realised um, we sort of skipped ahead with our messenger conversation, but one thing that we didn't talk about was uh, the announcement that came that Messenger was going to be their aim is to basically be the fastest uh, communication app in the entire planet. Yeah, and to do that, listen to this. 
they are going to go from 127 megabytes to 30 megabytes. I hope it's megabytes. That is, that <laughs> is quite are, a big change. Uh, they isn't are it? really, but, but, and and not at the sort of sacrifice of any of their features. No. So they're finding new ways to make the to streamline the platform. So it's so fast. Yeah. Which makes you think, you know, if you know while we're future casting, text messaging, SMS when you've got Messenger. Yeah. And you're super fast. App for everything. That's it's it it's definitely well. a Chinese-inspired model, you know. I'm oh, thinking 100%. WeChat. It makes so much sense for them to uh, to make it as light as possible because it makes it more accessible to as many global users as possible. Yeah. Like a lot of the reasons that they first struggled to expand into a more international market um, was because they don't have a strong enough internet connection to support mm, how mm. much like storage and how much bandwidth yep. the current models of Messenger and WhatsApp and everything took up, which is why they created their light app versions. Yeah. And now it's just like having an all-rounder, one for everyone. Which has um, been very useful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then... I mean, well, that's the platforms out of the way. That very quickly, you know, before we can end, we, we, we touch on some of the, the other news stories that came out. So uh, we, we were both having a joke about this this morning, that uh, AR and VR. I mean, uh, VR, hmm. the, the Zuckerberg is convinced by the Oculus. He actually yeah. gave everybody a, a it was one. at F8, a free Oculus. Yeah. Oh, oh, I wish I was there. To be fair, I wouldn't mind a free one because it's like £400, <laughs> exactly. isn't it? Exactly. You can't go wrong with a freebie. But exciting news uh, coming out of the AR camp was that Spark AR, it's going to be compatible with both Microsoft and Mac, mm. and uh, uh, Windows and Mac, sorry. And they've actually uh, brought it out to uh, Instagram, their beta now, which yeah. means essentially looking looking at it at a glance that anybody can uh, create start creating AR filters yeah. and AR related products. Yeah, for it's really, really Instagram. exciting news for developers, I'm sure, because they've been waiting for this for ages. And it had actually been tested uh, with a small group of developers. I think mm. there's like um, their own group of developers that they work quite closely with. Yeah. But now it's like public beta, like everyone can have a play, which uh, throwback to when Kat Callow came on. Yes. And uh, she was forecasting to this. And she gave the advice for brands, if they do any developing work in-house, to get on this and start playing with uh, ideas and experimenting with yeah. the tech now yeah. um, so that by the time everyone gets the hang of it, they, they'll have already made something uh, exciting. It's an absolute first mover advantage opportunity. Exactly. And I mean, considering the uh, fact that she came, that she was on the podcast probably about eight months ago now or so, yeah, or some, for longer, something yeah. like that, you know, it's, it's completely, you know, it's bang on the money here. Yeah, she but there we go, yeah, yeah. F8 2019. Wow, I've, I've, I'm always sort of like, well, Facecoin, will we see it in 2020? Will it come out before then? That'd be the one to look out for. For me, it's like after after all of these feature updates that we've been given, it's, it's hard, well, it's easy to look at all the features and analyse them separately. But I think what... Um, what, what's quite obvious this time is that they're catering them all to a change in user behaviour. So like yeah. we said, the future of yeah. uh, social is private um, and and commerce. So we've got private messaging, groups and shopping yeah. is obviously where yeah. they think that uh, the world is heading. And I think so much of that is dependent on Gen Z. You know, if we, we grew up in the sort of Facebook as billboards, didn't we? You yeah. know, we were posting statuses about everything and anything. And Gen Z, you know, definitely this sort of advocates of privacy have come along. And um, it's. I think a lot of people in the office are saying this, but we are seeing a Facebook that has been more inspired by the user this time. Yeah. And it was interesting that the taking... watch wasn't mentioned, yeah. IGTV wasn't mentioned, yeah. you know, things that nobody really asked for. But on the other hand, when it comes to privacy, yeah. are we seeing the, you know, 
you're right. The consumer uprising. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. They didn't mention IGTV or watch. Not at all. At Not all. at all. That is really interesting. So, Maybe this is a good thing. Like I said, new era of Facebook where they're finally listening to what users want and I really hope it goes well for them. Exactly. And me. I think I may have to get myself back to Facebook, to be honest, to uh, see, what, <laughs> see what all the fuss is about. But yeah, fantastic. Well, I really enjoyed this Eve. I'm yeah, sure we will too. catch up again. I hope you all so, learned something. Yes, definitely. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes because it really, really helps and allows us to bring you brand new episodes every single week. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson.